or not, Toby? That is the answer. <laughs> That's fun. Hey, God. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Are you talking to me? Oh. I, I said, are you talking to me? I'm tired of all these snakes on this plane. I don't know. So we're uh, we're talking about acting on yeah. this episode. Okay. I have been uh, really excited for this episode because it's something that I'm intimately involved with. I'm an actor. Mm-hmm. You're a good one. You know, thanks. I respect your skills. Thank you. Yeah. Been working on them. You know, always learning. Yeah, you're real fun to watch. <laughs> That's cool. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I I was um, just got off a run of a uh, lost parody musical. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was just too much fun. I played Desmond in it. Yeah. Um, lost is confusing. It is confusing. Uh, but I think that's part of the fun part of it. I like mazes. And I think that as far as a show goes, it's like a maze of a show. In the fact that you never know where you are or what's going on. I'm fine with it. Yeah. And yes, that's sort of the idea. That's kind of, you know, J.J. Abrams has this mystery box thing that he likes to purport. Yes. And, uh, and I love it. I mean, I just can't get enough of it. Great. I am not super bothered if there's not a tangible, obvious through line, plot line, you know? Well, there's definitely all kinds of theater. Theater and acting have evolved a lot throughout history. Mm -hmm. Performance art is is tough to watch sometimes. Yeah. I am not even sure that that would be qualified as acting. I guess that's a question for you. Like, well, do you even call that acting? Yeah, why not? I mean, well, okay, how about this? Let's start. What What is your definition of acting? Gosh. Okay. I have to be really eloquent on the spot, and I don't okay. think I'm going to get there. Well, okay, you can get it wrong. It's your definition. Well, I mean, I suppose that acting is uh, telling a story using your your body and voice oh, or body or voice to tell a story uh, <laughs> to assume a character different than yourself. That is such a complicated answer for what you're doing. Okay, so what is You're it? playing pretend. Great. You're pretending to be other people. I'm okay with that. In what fictitious if... circumstances. But that's my question about performance art is that you're being yourself. That's why I ask, is that acting? Well, not always. To They're not always like being themselves. To be other people. So... In performance art, you're, like, exposing yourself. Not always, because okay. not all performance art is about themselves. Sure. Um, you know, you're playing pretend in a, in a series of fictitious circumstances. That's really the heart of it. Mm -hmm. that, that encompasses all of acting and the, and the performance arts. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it simple. A series of fictitious circumstances. That's it. I think that's a, a, a Meisner thing, maybe, oh, if he coined that phrase talking about Sam from Meisner, the acting teacher. Well, no, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I will tell you, the funny thing about watching acting teachers in the school of acting, mm -hmm. everyone is trying to do this insanely complicated thing that little kids do every day, all the time. Yeah, but little kids have no craft associated with what they do. They're, They're better at it than you are. Oh, man, when a little kid pretends to be Darth Vader, he's really good. He's 100% committed to that reality. Yeah, but he doesn't look or sound like Darth Vader. He's doing it in his little kid form, and it's cute. It's not tricking me into thinking he's Darth Vader. Well, the thing is, it's not about tricking you. I think Do it you, is. You I think, think it's like a magic trick. I think it's it's actually trying to convince the audience that you are something other than what you are. You're really Desmond. If everything goes well, like, I I will 
get lulled into, I'll essentially get hypnotized when I watch Lost, right? Mm. So I don't see Henry Ian Cusick after a while. I see Desmond, his character. Yeah, but he's not a real character. He might as well be. I'm more confused with this thing that you love so much. Mm -hmm. Why you make it so hard for yourself? I don't think it's hard. I think you're right. I, I, it is just playing pretend. But there's a craftsmanship involved with it when you have to become, you know, if you're really reaching as an actor to become something that is, or to portray something, I should say, mm. that is way different from to yourself. To take a walk in those shoes. Right. To yeah. do exactly what you were talking about a couple episodes ago and to take a walk in people's shoes. Mm. I think that if you want to go all in, you need to do some work to make yourself different. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. You're talking about method acting. No, I'm talking about uh, just transformative acting. So Daniel Day-Lewis mm -hmm. has a British accent. Yes. Well, half British, half Irish accent. Sure. It's kind of a melodious sort of mix. He's a great guy. I love him. He's awesome. Yeah. I, I'd assume. He's mm -hmm. very tall. Yeah. He had to become Abraham Lincoln. He had to portray Abraham Lincoln. I, can say, I don't want to get dinged for my language here. You're fine. So he had to adapt this accent, all the clothes, the mannerisms, the body posture, mm. all this stuff, that if you put that thing that you're looking at up next to Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, at, at a glance, it would look like two different people because he's so committed to being Lincoln. Yes. I mean, I get what you're saying about the craftsmanship. Right. There's a You can take it farther and farther where a little, a little kid is on the playground and they're they're, they're pretending. Well, I'll give you two sides of this. Okay. So the little kid that's acting and pretending, they are often more committed to their reality than most actors are ever. I would agree with that. However, what you're talking about in, in terms of the transformation process, mm -hmm. acting is a fascinating thing because you're, you're trying to create a situation which isn't real. And you're trying to be something that you're not. And you are in so many ways inherently rewriting your brain and your experiences. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you're trying to trick yourself. Yes, exactly. You're trying to convince your brain that the circumstances are actually happening. And there are some situations. So like, let's say somebody was going to play someone that went to prison. Now, if you've never been to prison, you know, you can... Use your imagination and go, oh, I wonder what it would be like to be in prison. Now, you're not going to get the nuanced experience of someone that's actually gone through the thing. Mm -hmm. you're, you're doing your best to get as close as possible to sure. what it would really be like to have that. So that there is some craftsmanship to it. But it's an interesting combination of relying on your imagination and sort of rewriting your software. I think uh, I don't want to dicky too much about the definitions of it or anything like that. What I'm more interested in is just your take on it. Uh, it's a it's a weird thing that popped up in humanity, yeah. you know, yeah. wanting to pretend to be different people uh, and wanting just wanting to storytell in general. Well, the storytelling aspect started off as being functional. Mm -hmm. It's really, you know, you didn't have means of writing things down so you told stories as a way of remembering things and you know entertainment i enjoy absolutely mm -hmm. i love it i love that people are entertaining each other and telling stories and 
And the best thing that I love about the creation of acting and storytelling is the idea of, you know, walking a mile in someone else's experience. Mm -hmm. You know, you make movies about trying to understand how other people live. And, and a lot of storytelling comes with empathizing or entertaining. And both of those things I'm, a, I'm 100% on board with, mm -hmm. you know. There are some downsides to, to storytelling. Yeah, what? Why? Well, because there's a lot of stories that people tell that they try to pass off as reality, which aren't true. Sure. You know, that can be dangerous. Information is a powerful weapon. It's a true thing. Why have actors been sort of made fun of, shunned, you know, condemned as the years have gone by? You know, there's a lot of reason. There's a lot of people that think that they don't take acting seriously or actors seriously because they think that everything in the world should be hard. You know, every job should be painful and you should suffer. And there's, there's this human aspect of clinging to suffering. If you haven't worked an eight-hour day where you're slaved, you know, yourself to death, or you, or you don't like your job but you do it because it pays you money, that's what life's about. And you look at actors and. Actors just want to follow the thing that they love. Mm -hmm. And people look at that as foolish because they look at it as being naive. Uh, I live in Los Angeles, right? Yeah. So this is the city where everybody comes out here to pursue their dreams. Are dreams real? What do you mean? Are you... Dream, what is the benefit of pursuing your dream if it's something that's impractical like acting? Well, I don't think it's impractical. It's just as practical as being a banker. You know, here's what I'll say. You're, you're spending your life doing something that you really love and you care about. Mm -hmm. what, what else would you want to do? If, if your whole day-to-day -day is just to, to stay alive another day, you know, I, I guess that's, that's living. So what about, the, what about the difficulty of the pursuit? Because it's a really hard profession to get into. It's extremely hard to just make your living at it. Yeah. Uh, in America, at least. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of sample size I'm going with. But what what would you say to someone who is having a really, really hard time pursuing their dream, whether it's acting, whether it's painting, whether it's some sort of thing that's hard to get into that they can't make money at or they're having a lot of trouble making money at? What would you say to that person? Struggling artist. Well, you know, it's a tough choice, but it's it's a cause and effect choice. So, for example, if you never try, mm -hmm. if you never take that first step outside the door, you're never going to get it. You have a 100% guarantee that it's not going to happen. You know, so if you care about something, then do it. Yeah. Yes, you have something to lose, but you have something to lose no matter what. There are a lot of people that will put off their dreams and think that they're making a secure choice, mm -hmm. but you're always sacrificing something. And if you're putting off your dreams, the thing that you're sacrificing is time. And you can't get time back. Sure. Now, I'm not going to say that everything's going to work out for you. But that risk is true about every single thing that you can do. I mean, look at people that open restaurants. You know, that's a really that's risky a business. Sure. Absolutely. And, and especially in a city like L.A. that you're talking about, it's probably more of a risk for you to open a restaurant in Los Angeles than to try to be an actor. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I, I suppose it is. It's super hard to keep a restaurant open for more than like a year. Yeah. Look, there's lots of food. 
And that there's lots of amazing food. It's intensely competitive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it costs a lot of money to open a restaurant. I've got some more questions for you. Mm -hmm. um, I think I want to bring on our guest. Great. Um, so this is, a, this is a good friend of mine. His name is Gray Robertson. Mm -hmm. um, we've been friends for several years. And the, uh, the Gray is an actor. And he is... Uh, He's currently at the um, training at the Spicer Sturgis Studios. He's looking at MFA programs to apply to. Um, so he's like knee deep in the application process for that kind of stuff and the audition process because yeah. typically take an audition. Um, and he is just really like saturated, involved in acting and acting technique. I don't know. I just wanted to pick his brain about this. And I thought he would be the appropriate person to have on. Great. So, uh, let's bring on Gray. But before that, let's take a quick break. Awesome. What's up? Zach and God here. Yep. Wanted you to check out another podcast on the same network that we're on. Yeah. This podcast is called Bullies Keep Out. Join Bullies Keep Out LLC founder and CEO and host Dana Jacoviello. Yeah, she's great. The best as she discusses a variety of topics pertaining to bullying, hate, harassment, LGBTQ, and other struggles and societal issues. Yeah, bullies are real jerks. BKO is a place to come together and unite. To create, change, support, mentor, and raise awareness. Yeah, they're doing really good work, so you should definitely tune in. New episodes drop every Monday at thatentertains.com or wherever you get your podcast. And uh, that is an official endorsement by God. And bullies, you better keep out. And we're back. Here's Johnny. Here's Johnny. Yeah, you did it better. Uh, it's a good is, movie. Gray is here. What's up, Gray? Not too much. Uh, Where you been? Well, I've been everywhere. <laughs> All right. I love <laughs> this already. I love this. Do you, do you feel like I'm absent from your life? Kind of America or the Western world or everywhere, but not my life in particular, just everyone else. Well, anyway. let me ask you a question. What do you think me intervening looks like? This is great. Better than this. <laughs> Get more specific. Gray, how would you have God intervene? I don't know. I'm very interested in God's voice. And may I tell you why? Uh, I think God, I was listening to uh, some of your earlier episodes, which sure. I was pretty great that you got God on. Uh, yeah, well, I thought that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I exactly. Yeah. God um, sounds like, and I never thought, you think it's going to be, you think God's going to sound like James Earl Jones, pretty much, mm -hmm. to, to take it back to what you were talking He's about. He's got a great voice. He really does. Yeah. Um, I think this God sounds like Ron Burgundy going into Stewie at points. It's a little bit mm. of that in there. And sure. it's it's not altogether wrong, so I like it. I'll tell you my favorite version of 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 God, as you put it, mm -hmm. uh Morgan Freeman. Oh sure, yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It's pretty, he's, pretty he stellar. Is, he is warming and comforting and you know Did he get it right, would you say? Or get what, what right? God. Or or would you say it's just a an interesting take? I, I don't know what you're talking about in terms of getting it right. I mean like as far as Okay. D does he about... represent me very well? Yeah, we're talking about acting, right? You know, Dan yeah. I'll go back to Daniel Day Lewis. I thought he was a great Lincoln, although I've never seen or heard Lincoln talk. Sure. But uh, it seemed like he hit the nail on the head. Would you say Morgan Freeman hit the nail on the head? Like, that's the closest to me I've ever seen anyone. Would you say that about him? Well, here's what I'll tell you Morgan Freeman in that role is just being Morgan Freeman. The people that wrote his dialogue are writers. You know what I mean? So it is a combination of many things, mm -hmm. you know. So when you talk about did Morgan Freeman's impression of me 
come out accurately. I don't sound like Morgan Freeman, so I guess not. Okay. Yeah. But you still liked it. I loved it. Why'd you like it? You know, because he's he's sweet and endearing, and, and he cared, and there were good lessons in there that I, I think are wonderful pe- for people to hear. You know, he's also just a, a solid, caring person. Would you have brought that same solid, caring thing if you were an actor and you no, had to play you? not at all. Okay. Because I've seen the other side of things, and I've seen the fact that, you know, life is not all fairy tales and gumdrops. I would have played a very realistic version of me mm-hmm. because I would have just been me. Sure. Yeah. That's acting. Interesting. Yeah. Is it, but, but what about becoming something else or someone else? Uh, what's a good what's a good transformative gray uh, uh, performance that you can think of? I think that's just a really interesting topic that I think about a lot is how far can you get away from yourself? Mm-hmm. Sure. And it's like within the thing is like, is that better because you get away from yourself or is it just a truthful thing that you sense internally from somebody or is it, um, I don't, I don't know. Um, are you a better actor the more you transform? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's Mm. a question within itself. And some schools of thought would say yes. Some schools of thought would say no. I think it depends on what your, um, what the, the role and the project calls for. Don't do that. An unnecessary amount right. of transformation right. if you don't need to. Well, it's like if somebody cast Michael Sarah as Falstaff, mm-hmm. first of all, why would you do that? Well, right. But okay. he's already cast. I guess that'd be really impressive if he came in and like, and somehow, let's not even talk about gaining weight or prosthetics to look like Falstaff, but he found a, a center core thing from which Falstaff lives mm. and and lived throughout the play in that truth. Yeah. Reacting to the things around him. Um, it's an interesting thing versus things like, I think uh, we were talking about Joaquin Phoenix. I think he's an actor who often comes from his own truth of who he is. Sure. And yeah. there's not a lot of character stuff going on. You've never seen, you'll never see Joaquin Phoenix in Noises Off. It's funny that you brought up him because mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix is somebody that I think people associate with the like going way out there and transforming yourself. Mm-hmm. But every time I see him, it's just like a small tweak of his own personality mm-hmm. and physicality. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it serves the piece that he's in really, really mm-hmm. well. Well, that's the whole point of hiring specific actors to do specific things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You bring your essence. You know, each one of you is such a unique snowflake and i don't say that it's sarcastically i mean that you are all made from mm-hmm. circumstances yes. that can't be recreated right so that's the whole point you hire him he's gonna you know if you made joaquin phoenix batman what an interesting take on batman that would be mm-hmm. yeah you know everyone brings their own pizzazz to the role yeah there's been a lot of batmans mm-hmm. you have a favorite joker uh i think this current one really <laughs> yep more than Heath. Mm-hmm. What do you? What speaks to you about this one? It's it's completely about the backstory, which is I think the interesting part. I would get to the point where saying I probably like this one because hopefully this doesn't come out as too weird. I think I relate to this one in the most, uh-huh. in the sense of a person being broken and hurt and um, uh, 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 pushed away from society and stuff like that. You get to see all that, whereas um, Heath Ledger's is perfect for that movie, but I find it a much more interesting story and portrayal to see. 
I, I was talking to one of our friends and I said, it really is kind of like that whole movie and role is really like, not to sound too pretentious, like the primal scream of the disaffected people of mm, society. Sure. It really is all the people on the outside. If they could howl in some primal way, that's the movie that they made. Yeah. And it's the most vulnerable depiction mm-hmm. of them. I mean, the Heath Ledger one is great, but mm-hmm. it's self-actualized. You know, the Joker, as he starts out in this movie, is closer to mm-hmm. you and me. Just you mm-hmm. know. Well, he's creating, a, he's creating a bridge of understanding for you. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, he's, he's opened up in a way that you can go, I can see myself in, in that person. And, you know, that way it's not the extreme version of Heath Ledger's. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Do you think uh, uh, do you think acting or actors have a responsibility? To, I don't even know what what the word would be, but to like reach out and and touch people, or do you think the responsibility is to the story and whether it it has an impact is consequential? Well, you're talking about so many different things. Okay, there's so many different types of movies, mm-hmm. horror movies, and and thrillers and dramas. So they all do different things. You know, I would tell you the. The most dangerous movies that human beings make are rom-coms. Why? <laughs> what a terrifying set of circumstances and lies you're telling each other. And and also, the interesting thing about rom-coms, all of the behaviors that are rewarded in those movies are terrible. Mm-hmm. They're things creepy stalkers do. Uh-huh. But because the person's attractive and they ultimately want them to go together, you know, you go, okay, I'm on, I'm on that ride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody respects nose in rom-coms. <laughs> you know, that's... That's not true. safe. No, that's not safe at all. No. no it's not, and it also it's t- it gives you a false narrative of how love and relationship works. Sure. Mm. Yeah. I've always hated the scene in Love Actually where uh, Andrew Lincoln shows up with the cards. To yeah, what a house. dick move that is. What What are you doing? You're completely betraying your friendship. But then yeah. again, it's not like it's not like a great Shakespearean tragedy. Like that fits within that world that we go, oh, it's not within this world. Like, what? if I showed up into somebody's girlfriend's house yeah. and started doing that while the friend was making that, that's a little... That's screw, awful. Screwed up, yeah. yes. Yeah. But, but within... I, but within, you're in within love. The, within the world of a yeah. Christmas movie and those circumstances and some music under it and stuff, it's cool. <laughs> that's that's the fascinating part, though, because I think, God, your point is that the, the rom-com itself has, like, created those circumstances so that we will, so that you and me as viewers mm-hmm. will fall into this like aw thing, mm-hmm. even when it is a horrific. Mm-hmm. Well, there's this thing to this do idea that they talk world. about in rom coms like love conquers all things. Mm-hmm. This person was horrific to this other person, but they're in love. You know, even the example you're giving, you know, uh, he loves her from afar. Which is same thing that stalkers do, mm-hmm. you know. He cuts together videos. He vi- he videoed their wedding and only shot video of her. All of that is terrifying it's behavior. Very creepy. But in the context of the movie, we go. But he's so in love, right? Well, so are serial killers. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they really loved their victims. But but also it sets people up to to have conflict with each other because, you know, these these movies will say. If someone doesn't reject all my nose and chase me down to the airport, clearly they're not in love with me. Mm-hmm. That's a you good know. point. Yeah. It's a great point. It I sets thought. a weird bar. It does. For, for, for human relationships. I agree. Right. Across the board for everybody. Mm-hmm. Men don't know how to talk to women. Women don't know how to talk to men. It makes it worse. Yeah. This is leading me into a broader question. You say that rom-coms are the most harm- harmful type of movie. Sure. I think mm-hmm. they're, you know, 
they're probably irresponsible pieces of uh, of performance out there and stuff like that. Actors are hired to do these things, um, and they have to serve the story that they're hired for. Is there a responsibility on them morally for the effects I mean, of these? Yeah, but that, that responsibility is with every choice that you make. Mm-hmm. It also depends on what you're getting into it for. There are a lot of people that want to be actors so they can be famous. Mm-hmm. They're not interested in the craft of taking on another person. They want to be loved by the world. And, you know, so they will go and do these things sometimes irresponsibly. Yeah. Also, sometimes, you know, people have good intentions and it turns out terribly. Mm-hmm. Gray, what do you... I want to step back a couple beats because there was something that is itching the back of my head that I just wanted to talk about, which is award shows... Mm-hmm. And acting awards a thing that I find mm-hmm. fascinating mm-hmm. because I watch the Oscars every year. It's one so of do my, I. I love it. I love mm-hmm. to get together and do I do it. too. The pageantry, yeah, the red carpet. It's fun. It's I mean, also, say what you want. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I mean, it's also interesting to me the story behind the story. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm totally into movies and performance stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I also like the story of the politics of pushing certain actors to win awards so mm-hmm. that they can gain more power in the industry and things yeah. like that. What's your take on like the Oscars? I think it's it's cool. I think to take it too seriously is funny. When people are good, there's not a lot of huge difference be- besides like a, a role that comes along like a Joaquin Phoenix and Joker. Because okay. that just blows everyone away. Right. It's like People are, are, are good and you should, you know, work as hard as you can, but it's also like it, it, who becomes the the judge of what the best performance is and mm-hmm. stuff. Because um, I think if you go to these smaller places and go, oh, well, you know, we, we, there's a Los Angeles or a New York thing and those are going to be the hubs. And that's true on some circumstances, but on some circumstances, those are just where a lot of people and cities are and and opportunities and stuff and that does not necessarily mean that's where the best art is being made mm-hmm. and it's yeah. just like to think of something as subjective as acting and going well this is going to be the best and i mean mm-hmm. you guys know this you have to advertise and go to um q and a networking yeah. and, yeah. and yeah. breakfasts gotta... and you have to have the budget behind you mm-hmm. And what it's all trying to get is more people to watch the movie and more money in the pockets of the people in the studio. Right. Get better reps for the actor and, and, and the director and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, it's a business. funny. It yeah. is a business. I think if you yeah, watch it with a... that kind of lens on, then it's a, it's a fun, helpful thing. And it's just cool. But if you take it too seriously, I think it's um, fool's folly. I think if you're an actor, you probably have to you have to be really, really diligent about separating those two worlds. It, it is kind of a machine. Mm-hmm. Well, the funny thing is, is every single industry has this uh, awards thing mm-hmm. going on. It's just not necessarily televised. Right. So people that point. are in the car industry, you know, they've got this is the most selling car of the year this one's got the best brakes for the year you know they just Mm -hmm. don't have a tv show about it sure Mm -hmm. my dad uh, a couple times won the shutterbug award for local (laughs) local photographers in jacksonville oh that's great i didn't know what the shutterbug award was i thought it was going to link back to cars oh it's very prestigious we would go to ruth's chris and they would have a award ceremony we'd eat steak 
mm-hmm. and it would sizzle, and then we'd have an award ceremony. And I that's, was really proud of him when he won the Shutterbug terri- Award. No, that's right. Win- yeah. Winning something, for especially as noble as photographer. I love photography. That's Human great. beings love making awards for stuff. Yeah, that's we true. Sure do. They like really prizes. Do. Yeah. Yeah, it's what, fun. What mm-hmm. is that? Is that just an endorphin thing? Yeah, a hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> well, it, it's a it's a thing about significance. You love making yourselves feel special. Yeah. And so you 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 pat yourselves on the back. There are definitely things worth celebrating. I'm uh-huh. not saying that there's there's anything wrong with that. Hmm. You know, when you talk about an amazing performance, it's such a subjective thing, as you were mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that uh, resonates with a lot of people is when someone does a performance where they are vulnerable in a way that mm-hmm. that elicits a lot of empathy and moves people sure it that is that is exactly what is happening with with acting you are experiencing an emotional thing in your body mm-hmm. and because you are experiencing it the other people in the room are also feeling it so when you're watching a person who is crying and suffering in a movie you're going Oh man, I feel the weight of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, that resonates with me. I, I, you love feeling those human emotions, and sure. that's why we watch it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's fun. I've heard this term recently. It's stupid, but it kind of is resonant to me. Mm. But someone was talking about the juice. The juice has to be a, a. You have to use that term because there's no term for what it is, and it's really the like the life force. Mm-hmm. That when you're experiencing it, maybe it's adrenaline, maybe it's a connection between two people, you mm-hmm. know, maybe it's like sexual energy or something like that. Mm. And when that happens, you know in that moment that you are alive. Mm-hmm. And it like in resounding way. Yeah. The juice is happening, you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes you get mm-hmm. addicted to that. You, you know, uh, happened to me in when I was twenty one and I was in an acting school in New York and I did a scene from like uh, True West or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Full for love. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a moment where I I got the juice mm. in that scene. And it was, you know, living truthfully under imaginary circumstances mm-hmm. and I've chased that for all these years afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I think there's there's something about that that acting can give you an access to. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what it is. Well, okay. It's just connection. Yeah. Yeah, I would. You know, one of the interesting things about people that they don't realize is you're connected all the time. If you step into a room, you all get, you all start breathing on the same cycle. Mm -hmm. One of you stops breathing. One of you, you're all aware. And when you're talking about acting, that juice that you're talking about, you're connecting to so many things Mm -hmm. all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Imagine being in a room with hundreds of people, and every single one of you is in tuned with each other. What an amazing and inspiring, you know, drug-fueled, juice experience that is. Mm -hmm. And then if you're just by yourself, you know, you're connecting with yourself. You know, that that moment, you know, you are really living truthfully and you're allowing yourself to be in a moment and that moment is authentic Mm -hmm. and you're being present, which just means that you're connecting what's happening right now in this moment. You were saying some things being present, living in the moment, that great. I know that in acting class, because it's in all of my acting classes too, mm-hmm. that kind of language comes up, mm-hmm. you know, living, living truthfully, you know, mm-hmm. letting, letting go. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're like sort of platitudes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. We have God right here. Mm-hmm. And I sort of kind of want to know what that means. How do you, how do you let go? 
of whatever the thing is that's holding you back from you let get out of your own way yeah how do you what does that mean like physically i guess well there's so much of your conscious brain that is about self-preservation you you perceive things as being dangerous you you want to maintain safety and security and and part of letting go this thing that you're talking about mm -hmm. uh you're taking yourself in a situation where you no longer have control right mm -hmm. and how terrifying is that that is perhaps the most terrifying thing you can do mm -hmm. is to really take your hands off the steering wheel but that's where the best moments are and that's where the best moments in acting are it's the best moments in life when you're not trying to craft something mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you can just be here and observe what's happening and then you know not get in your own way and can you just like trick yourself into it you absolutely can i mean going back to what we were talking about before and why kids are so good about it is because they're unaware of all the outside circumstances of the world in which they need to hold the steering wheel mm-hmm they're not sitting there judging themselves and how good of a Darth Vader they're doing. They're just doing it. <laughs> they're, they're not attached to outcome. Yeah. They're not trying to make mm -hmm. this into anything. They are just enjoying being the thing that they are. I'm a pirate now. It's not a good pirate, but they're a pirate. <laughs> and it's fun. Sure. And they, and they get to invest in that moment more than adults do. And you spend most of your life as an adult or as an actor trying to get rid of all that stuff that stops you from playing pretend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I also think that when you bring the career aspect of it into it, and then money is on your mind and sure. stuff like that, mm -hmm. that's a big source of tension and mm -hmm. stress. Mm -hmm. Because that adds to you trying to get things right. So uh, let's go ahead and get into some of our audience questions. Great. I think it's about time. Yeah, sure. And we got some pretty straightforward ones that I just want to put out to the table. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, what's your favorite movie performance? Mine is, and I'm surprised actually that I'm saying this, but I think it is Chris Farley and Tommy Boy. Okay. <laughs> I think that's my favorite one. Okay. I think it's the most earnest mm -hmm. thing I've ever seen, you know, over a period of about 90 minutes. Just... Uh, it's it's obviously hilarious. It's brilliant comedy. Yeah. Um, and then it was just something that Farley always did, where he brought a childlike earnestness to every single moment. He you know mm -hmm. he 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 brought it to every scene. It was just a, a home run. So yeah, that's I think a that's fun it. one. Yeah. Hmm. I really I don't have a particular performance, but I will tell you the people that impress me the most are the the actors that do CGI. Oh. Especially for creatures that don't exist. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you're, you know, there's one thing to sort of explore humanity. Mm -hmm. It's a completely different thing to explore stuff com that is outside of humanity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. in, in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the way that your body moves or what their intentions are or... You know, I'm a big, scary monster. What is that like to be a big, scary monster all the time? Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I find those to be super impressive. This is this is not a, a, a thing that you're going to see in film, but, you know, I don't even know if you can see it on Broadway anymore. Things change so fast. But the amount of people it takes to make King Kong on stage work. Sure, yeah. What You're talking about connection. Not only are you connecting with an audience, but every single person that is puppeteering that giant 
you know, thing invented by man that's conveying all these emotions. Yeah. You know, you got like 15 to 20 people that are all doing one performance. Mm. How amazing is that? Yeah. I'm impressed. Uh, great. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, um, I, I, I tend to think of stuff um, recently that's popped up in um, Joaquin Phoenix and the Joker is one of my fa- I I said... Joaquin Phoenix and the Master is one of my favorite performances. And then I saw the movie, Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. Right. And I said, that's one of my favorite performances by him. And then I think he topped himself with this. Um, That um, Adam Driver and Marriage Story that I just saw is terrific. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, the one that always comes to mind is um, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis and There Will Be Blood. Mm. Incredible. Mm -hmm. This is one of my favorites, too. Yeah. So. Do you... I loved him in The Crucible. Because it is my name. <laughs> because I cannot have another in my life. Because I lie and I, I sign myself, myself to lies. lies. Yeah, it's good scream acting. It's, great. Yeah. it's really good. We yeah. used to watch that YouTube clip. Rough teeth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what acting method is the best? Not method acting, but what acting method Can is the best? Can I have a sidebar on that real quick? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, do you guys, and I think this is a great thing, especially for L.A., but I think no one knows what it means. What do you think a method acting means? I don't think method acting exists. Uh, mm-hmm. that, okay, I think it can be one of a couple things. Okay. Um, I think that Lee Strasberg, yes. uh, he considers his, or that school considers its teaching the method, quote, yes, unquote. Yes, I would agree. Um and all that is is just, you know, whatever Lee Strasberg Institute is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His I, teachings. I never studied there, but mm-hmm. they consider that the method. Mm-hmm. And then when people say method acting, what they're referring to, I think, is either actors that go really, really far to transform themselves, like mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. transform themselves physically, mm-hmm. or the actors who stay in character between takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. Daniel Day-Lewis is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, obvious one where he'll be build a butcher and then they'll call cut and then he just stays build a butcher because that's the only way that he can you know keep the through line mentally mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. it's building a lot of momentum in his brain right mm-hmm. right yeah. so that's like three different an- or that's like two different answers mm-hmm. really and i think that's what the method is i think m- method acting might not be a real thing mm-hmm. it's just like whatever gets you really really into it I think it's just, I think you're absolutely right, the Strasbourg thing, and then saying, like, it's just, like, it's got the Strasbourg term, and then it's got the term for everyone else mm. wherever they feel like using it. Yeah. And it's really just, like, they'll use it wherever they see fit. And it's, like, it usually has to do with things like intensity, right. dedication, molding your body, yeah. inspired performances. And it's, like kind of like oh and staying in character and it's like besides the staying in character thing it's like aren't those things all supposed to kind of show up in acting that you want to see well here's what i tell you about watching all the schools of of acting you know it's like watching all different churches everyone has their own interpretation of the same thing Mm -hmm. so does the emotion inspire the gesture Mm -hmm. or does the gesture inspire the emotion right both they're the same they're tied together. Mm-hmm. It's all really about finding whatever way works best for you, mm-hmm. you know. But everyone's got their thing. I'll I'll make you be an amoeba for an hour, break down your walls, 
You mean those? Make you the, crawl the weird, around on the floor. Weird acting exercises. My God, do I see so many weird acting exercises? <laughs> do they work, or is there a point to them? Well, you know, they're trying you know, to break down your walls, like you said. Right? They don't not work because here's the thing: if you could pretend to be an amoeba going on a journey for an hour and a half with your eyes closed, you can pretend to be a guy in a grocery store. <laughs> sure. Be the reason yeah. why is because. You've let go of so much of judging yourself. You know, if you can do something that silly, you're, you're not mm -hmm. going to judge yourself as much when you're like being a guy in the grocery store. Right. I heard, you're like, I've, I was an amoeba for an hour and a half. I heard one time before every take, and I don't know if it's true, but it's one of those great stories. Before every take in The Sopranos, James Gandolfini would walk around and balk like a chicken. So cool. no matter what he would do next, it wouldn't be as embarrassing as what he just did. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I that's that fucking great. That's a good story. Yeah. yeah. However you find your way. I, yeah, Every absolutely. artist mm -hmm. will, will find certain strange things mm -hmm. that give them confidence to let go. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it is. Mm -hmm. You know. Do you have any really weird ones that you ever went through? That you can remember acting exercises yeah my time doing meisner stuff and is what i think of right away um just because it's so specific and it's so maddening at times and it's just like um those are the ones of doing what's called a doran activity over and over and using the repetition within that mm -hmm. um I get lost in that, and I didn't um, love that. And there were some people who really did, and it was just like, I think having Meisner training and learning how to let go and not control a performance and be free and listen and be emotionally available are hugely beneficial things that I would not want to take out of what I feel like I've learned from those schools ever. But to go back and do the training again in that rigorous of a way – yeah. I would feel, um, I felt like locked away in a prison at a time. I mean, it's mm. like, I feel like, and I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to get you to be able to connect all these. They're things. breaking down your walls. Yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But it, it's like, I feel like doing scene work and stuff like that is finding a much more natural way into it. If you need, if you can go into it thinking, this is not going to be a, a finished performance. This is an exploration of the material, mm. as is every time that you're acting. I love watching, you know, those repeating exercises. Yes, mm. that's a big Meisner thing. Yeah, where mm -hmm. someone says, like, pickles, and mm -hmm. they, they change the tone, and the two of them looking at each other, and then one of them starts <laughs> sobbing, and the other one's yelling at the other person, <laughs> pickles, 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 yeah. pickles, 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 pickles. Yeah. you know, it's it. It's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I, I get what they're doing, but, you know, just just play. Fair enough. Well, on that note, I think we've uh, I think we've had a good play time here. Yeah. Um, Gray, anyway, Gray, you got any fun things going on we should know about or places we can follow you? Uh, I guess you could go to my Instagram if yeah, you'd like. Yeah, what's your Instagram? It's called That's Okay, Gray. No. Okay is spelled out, and Gray is like my name, like G-R-E-Y. Oh, GrayRobertsonActor.com. Yeah. I have a website. That's Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, God. And as always, you can find us uh, everywhere you get your podcast. Uh, you can tweet tweet at us, as the kids do, at Why God Podcast, And, uh, you know, tune in, like, and subscribe. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>